Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purple Stars podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and we planned a very special episode for you. I have one of my closest friends on this episode, and he's going to interview me about our podcast, about my journey, about myself. So you get to know me a little better and you will see why I chose Stuart because he is so funny and he will probably share a few things that no one else would share about me. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Thank you, Stuart. Do you want to start to kick off how the, you and I met many years ago? <laughs> <laughs> we, met, we met in Salzburg, didn't we? Yeah. Funnily enough, the thing I always remember, so I, I'd not long been living in Salzburg and the business consultant had helped me set up my business there. <laughs> um, uh, introduced, said, oh, you need to meet my friend, Sarah. And I was like, cool. So we met up in this coffee shop and, and yeah, we've been talking for about four years since. Like, and I mean, literally four years without breathing, the conversations <laughs> continued. <laughs> I am so bubbly. Exactly. The funniest thing as well is uh, quite possibly the most Scottish first name for an Austrian I've ever met is to who introduced us. Her name is Agnes. I'm like, I, I thought this is a joke. I, I get the Aust Austrian government have given me an Agnes as a, to help this Scotsman <laughs> intro, you know, become part of Salzburg life. <laughs> but I, I always remember the first conversation we had because within about half an hour, we got into spiritual stuff. We're talking about my mm. tattoos. You were asking where I got my tattoo because your brother, see, I remember all this stupid stuff. Mm. Your brother was likes tattoos. But then we, you started to tell me about this idea you had. It wasn't called Purple Stars at that point. Yeah, but true. You, you were telling me immediately about this thing. I was like, oh, I like this. I like this person. And ever since then, I, I, I always remember as well, you sort of, the, you kind of used my dogs as for feedback in that research earlier mm -hmm. period. So like Malik, you know, I've, I've got the rescue dogs and she was so anxious and stuff, but calm really helps. So yeah, mm. it, it's, it's, it genuinely works, folks. It genuinely works. Otherwise I wouldn't be talking to Sarah now. I'd be so angry. I didn't, I didn't pay, by the way, I didn't pay him to say that. <laughs> Yeah, it was. No, she never pays for anything. <laughs> yes. So true. Hi, can you please take pictures? Can you please help me with that? I mean, that's how you. That's <laughs> how you do a startup. That's friendship. That's his friendship. Yeah, it's it's interesting because someone asked me how I came up with the idea for the podcast, and I remembered it's like when we met, I still called it Dogspiration. Like how we, like all the lessons we can learn from dogs. That was the very beginning. We did a few posts on Instagram. And looking back, I also think it was not the right format to really get the message across. Like it really needs audio. It needs video. It needs interaction with different people and a conversation around it to really, for people to connect with that depth. So I'm so glad that even in the beginning when it was just a very small idea, you seem to be so excited. I'm not always sure if you're really excited about my ideas, but the reason why I always call you when I have new ideas because you at least pretend they're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's, I was genuinely excited. Like, it's, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever told you actually. So I grew up in a house like full of animals. My dad was a vet. 
And my mum, on the other hand, was like this hippie-ish type person. So obviously the way you speak with spirituality and that is something I understand, but then crosses over with what I grew up with animals. And we had a lot of troubled animals in the house. And so when you're talking about healthy ways, holistic approach to animal welfare, as like, that's my kind of person. Like that's, I think that's genuinely exciting when someone tries to do something different and mm. in a healthy way. And that, that always stuck like, and that's everything that your approach has been from, um, from how, how long I've known you, you've, it's always been healthy with everything. Every idea has got to have a well-being aspect to it. Otherwise it just doesn't exist within your brain. Of all the people I've met, uh, there aren't that many who think holistically, just like an, it's an instinct. It's just part of your DNA. Uh, and that's, I, from what I've observed, and it'll sort of lead to the questions I'm going to ask, because that holistic, that holistic approach to whether that is the interaction between human and animal, and then the well-being, it's not just about how do we make a dog feel better? How can we do this in the healthiest of way? organically but then you're you well at the same time that holistic approach expands and it's entrepreneurial as well so you're thinking of well how do i reach that audience and that's that's through podcasts it's and you bounce those ideas off me because you're looking for a different perspective because you know you need a, a white scotsman middle-aged scotsman's opinion everyone does <laughs> you know there's not enough white, white middle-aged men giving their opinions in the world <laughs> <laughs> You've come to the right guy for that one. It's a very niche market. So, but that holistic approach has done that, and it kind of leads to you on this podcast journey. Like, if we can mm -hmm. step all the way back, and you're, we're coming into this podcast journey. And what I know about you is you learn every day. Like, every day, whatever you do, you're learning and taking from that. So I'm, I'm really curious about those personal lessons and from the challenge you've got to even just starting up this podcast. It's mm -hmm. one thing to talk about it in a coffee shop in Salzburg four years ago to then actually having that and not just having it, but being based out in Santa Marta has a lot of life change. Oh, yeah. So I was curious it, about that journey. It was a, well, when I continue talking about what you said about the holistic approach and that it's kind of in my DNA. So my, as you know, my grandmother is from the Philippines. So I've always had a more holistic approach for us when when i was a kid we would use herbal remedy we would when when i had a stomach ache or a headache we wouldn't take painkillers like first my mom would say is there something that's hard for you to digest currently as an experience or is something that's worrying you so much that it's giving you a headache so i was very lucky growing up in a in an environment that always saw body mind and soul as a unit and then also when I was competing in golf, there came a point I would always get sick and injured before a golf tournament, especially if it was a big championship. And my parents said, you know, let's go to the doctors and let's check you from head to toe. The doctor said that at least physically I was fine. I was very lucky because my parents then got me in touch with a high performance mental coach. And he really helped me understand that my thoughts can either work against me or for me and how my inner world 
and my thoughts influence my physical well-being and that my fear manifested in my body with back pain and getting the flu before a championship. So I was very lucky that I was surrounded by people that really held space for a holistic approach because you got to think that was 2005, 2004 in Austria. It was, it was kind of a new thing. And yeah, from then, I always was so hooked by anything that's holistic, especially the mental side and health. So that's how kind of a little bit like my holistic approach, why it's in my DNA. And with the podcast, when I came up with the idea of Docspiration, I remember people liked it, but I also noticed people can't really yet grasp it because it was only in written form and people liked it, but I didn't get the impact that I really wanted it to have. So, and back then it was not like on Instagram, you didn't post videos, <laughs> you know, there were no stories, there were no videos. It was just, yeah, it wasn't there yet. And last year I thought, I really want to do a podcast. It's such a great, I, such a great way to connect with people from around the world, both the ones you know, the ones that you don't know. And, but what can I do that isn't out there yet? Because the world doesn't need another podcast for dog training because there are already so many great people out there. And, you know, the world doesn't need me for that. I've seen you with Henry and we definitely, I, I think it's a standalone show. You and Henry is chaos. <laughs> So it's, it's maybe not dog training. It's just like, I, I still remember the, the, how he's been with my dogs. And I'm like, oof, oof, whatever. Uh, Henry, that's, that's love. <laughs> so oh my God. It'd, it'd be a different kind of training podcast. It's so funny. I just need to, a little side note. The first time our dog, Henry, our family dog, Henry, I want to say family dog. So it's not all reflecting <laughs> on me only. <laughs> yeah, it's Matt, all your fault, Sarah. Matt, Matt. <laughs> The two rescue dogs of Stuart, he constantly tried to hunt them. <laughs> Male, female, he just, he's up for everything. He <laughs> just would not stop. And I was so embarrassed because he was, in the, <laughs> he was in the middle of Salzburg. I was like, Henry, please be a gentleman. <laughs> You know, it's that beautiful so, Salzburg sound of music setting. We've got the fortress and there's Henry trying to hunt my dogs in a dog walk. And also your dog only has three legs. So it, oh, was, yeah. it just went double There's no them. fight going on. Yeah, there was no <laughs> fight. So, yeah. So it really shows that would not have been authentic if I did a dog training podcast <laughs> or anything like that. And, and then I really sat down and I thought, okay, what is it that my heart really is, is really gets excited about? And it is about the life lessons. It's about the life lessons we can learn from animals. It's about the life lessons we can learn from people's journeys. And I thought, okay, but I can't do two podcasts. This is too much work. And then suddenly it hit me. Why don't I marry and intertwine those two? Yeah. And then I was very happy. I was like, oh, that could be a thing, you know, like sharing the life lessons of both animals and humans and offering inspiration that leads to a greater, happier, more fulfilled life for both of them. So that's the idea that came up then last year. 
And it took, yeah, it took a while to really finalize the audience and really fine tune what are their challenges, what like, you know, both with the pets and, and their personal, personal life and professional. And then also thinking about the name and I was, and then I, I talked to my friend, I came up with all sorts of ideas and she said, why don't you just keep it simple and call it like your brand, the Purple Stars podcast. And I said, oh yeah, actually a good idea. Just, you know, keep it simple. You don't always need to come up with something crazy. And I, I, I just yeah. want to ask, what is the craziest name you came up? What is the worst title you came up with for the podcast? <laughs> I want the worst one. I think the worst one was actually coming from you. <laughs> Remember, it was. Oh, what uh, did I do? <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, we had a we had a conversation about this, and we came up with like who led the dogs out, and you were like, "Why don't we call it Doggy Style?" <laughs> That's you know, that's still genius. I tell you, people would they will listen to it. they might listen to it once, but they will listen to it. <laughs> well, I did consider it. I I did a check online, but unfortunately, there were already plenty of podcasts with that name. Otherwise, did you listen to them? <laughs> no, because I was I was so upset <laughs> okay, that the name wise. was taken. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm curious. With to genuinely ask, it, it's not just humor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like a genuine question how much did the change of environment so moving from austria out to basically the media center of the world like how much mm -hmm. does that then shape you to move the podcast idea because what you're then surrounded with is just are people that work in media they're media savvy mm -hmm. the ideas the conversation even in a coffee shop even walking dogs just out for a run it's media everywhere so does that then affect you to then actually make this happen, put it into practice? It, it gave me a big boost because Santa Monica is, you know, it's all about holistic. It's all about health and people. You see, there are so many dogs. People are always on the, like walking, you know, they, they eat healthily. They go to their acupuncturist. They believe in body, mind and soul connection. So. It just really, it felt almost if I have more space to breathe and more space to expand my wings. And that's something that made me really happy. And being at a place where the weather is great and where people around me believe in the values that I believe in really helps. It, re it really, really, really does. And... But yeah, maybe also coming back to the question when you asked me about the challenges, one of the biggest challenges for me was the technical part because uh, I'm used to being a speaker since I'm a coach, but you know, how do I do it with the microphone and the headphone and which, which platform do I use to record? So it was all about that. And then there came a point I got really like, I don't know, just so I, w I started to be so much in my head to make it right. And then I came, I came a point, I did a meditation and I just suddenly it hit me. Not everything needs to be perfect, but everything needs to come from the heart. So whenever something goes wrong technically, what it's the Wi-Fi, what it's the video, what it's the audio, I'm just telling myself, doesn't matter. Like as long as we have a heart to heart conversation, it will reach someone's heart out there. And that's all that matters. 
So it's a constant learning for me to just keep, keep remembering when things go wrong, it's fine. And another, another thing that I learned because, you know, when I reached out to my first podcast guest, I didn't have any thing to like brag about. I couldn't say, oh, I've had already this and that person on the podcast. Do you want to be there too? I literally sent out a nice looking PDF from, we didn't even have a website. The website said coming soon. <laughs> and, but then I remember all those people also once got a chance when they started. And I'm sure some people out there remember that and then give us a chance as well. So, and it's great. I have a lot of guests and it's not as difficult as I thought. And I think it's just such, such a great encouragement for people. Just start with whatever you have. If it's one wide wall, if it's your iPhone, because I'm, you know, recording on my iPhone and one microphone, that's all it needs. And then learn on the journey while you're walking, because each episode we have a feedback loop, whether it's technically or the guest saying something, Hey, you could improve this and that, like just learn while you're walking and don't sit there thinking about it too long. It's really something that not something I learned, but something I felt again, how important it is just to keep moving when you have an idea. You're already doing so much. And I, I know, I mean, I know how bad you are with technical stuff. I know from firsthand experience <laughs> how time-consuming it is trying to help you to understand technical stuff. <laughs> so bear in mind how, how long that takes. And then you're adding in running the business. You, you're right. You, you're still coaching high performers. And you've got a podcast. How are you sort of managing the passion and the time involved for all of that? Because you, you, when you do something, you really put everything into it. So how do you manage it? Because that's that can be exhausted mentally as well as physically. It's a really good question. <clears throat> so I last year in December, just before Christmas, I sat down and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, I'm so glad Christmas break is around." And it was one of the first times that I was excited about a break. And I thought, huh, why, why is that? Because I'm always so excited about work and so passionate. I don't care if it's Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, or whatever day it is. And it was, it's very unlike me to not have that fire about work. So I really took some time to reflect on that. And I noticed I have too many balls that I'm juggling because I was coaching a lot, you know, like also like working on the book and then purple stars, it was just a lot. And then I came a point, I thought, okay, 2023, I need to prioritize. I can't give up any of them because it would break my heart if I had to. It's a little bit like having kids, you know, like, oh, see you next year. That, that, that just doesn't work for me emotionally. So I made the choice and the commitment to really help purple stars grow and to have a real focus on it. And also if you have a great product, a great team, you owe it to them and also yourself. And I thought, okay, I want to really help purple stars like grow up. And once it lives on its own, I can then pick up again, more coaching. So what I did through 
throughout this year, I reduced my coaching. I really focused on Purple Stars, started also the podcast. And I think once things are rolling, like for example, this podcast, it will still be a lot of work next year, but it's already a setup. Like we have figured out a certain amount and next year is about improving, but not building from scratch. I just had too many things coming from scratch and it's overwhelming, especially if you were the idea person behind all of that. So prioritizing really, really helped me. And also being honest with myself that it's too much because in January, in the beginning, like the first three weeks, I felt really down because it felt like a defeat. But then I thought, what would I be telling my clients? Sometimes you gotta prioritize and sometimes it's prioritizing your health. Sometimes it's the relationship. Sometimes it's the move. So I do think what helped me was being honest with myself and others and then being all in. And the only reason why the podcast, because we started in October and we have now listeners from over 40 countries. And I think one of the reasons really is that I was all in because then you get guests that are all in. You have listeners that are all in and it's just a ripple effect and you can't expect, it's a little bit like a relationship. You can't expect others to be all in if you're only like, I'll see you on the weekend. <laughs> so coming back to your question is being honest, prioritizing your balance and also knowing it takes all of you to get all of it done, you know, to really know, okay, if I want this podcast to be a success and to really inspire a lot of people, I need to be all in. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's you in an essence, like even one conversation with you is never just a passing conversation. Uh, you know, when, when you and I talk, we both have that rule of, you know, the mobile phone is kept away, the cell phone's out mm -hmm. because we're in that moment and given everything. So, and I, I mean, I've, I've seen you do so much and you do, <laughs> and like as a friend, I, I've been concerned with like that you can burn out. I mean, I've burnt out enough mm. times. We've talked about that, but and that, and that can be a struggle. And I, I've, I've seen it in the past where you've not necessarily recognized it. And then I've seen, I've then observed how you'd start to recognize when you're doing too much, too many of different things. How have you sort of embraced all of those different aspects, those inspirations, those, you know, those interests, those passions that you have mm -hmm. and, and sort of embraced all the complexities that make you who you are rather than just trying to fit into what, like a, what is quite a structured society, particularly coming from Austria and Salzburg, which is far more structured by nature. Like, how have you managed to do that? And, you know, is there anything that you've learned that you would like to share with other people that can help them where they're, they're trying to do these different things or they don't, haven't learned how to embrace them yet? Mm. And they feel kind of trapped by society's conventions or uh, family conventions. Even. Really good, really good question. So I think what really helped me, as you know, my grandmother died of cancer and it was a big lesson for me to take as much as I want to be of service to others, I need to make sure I keep 
charging my own batteries, filling my own cups. So it's one of my lessons to really find that balance and that harmony and always remembering I can only help others if I'm happy myself, if I'm strong. And I keep, I try to keep remembering that, especially when I, my to-do list is really long. I'm like, I'm just human and I need to do it in my own time and to be okay with my pace. That's one thing. And then to the second part of the question. So I, it's when I, when I look back, when I was a little girl two years ago, <laughs> no, but when I was, was going to make that joke, you beat me to it. I wanted to, because you would have said that. So when I was in school, <laughs> in elementary school, I don't know if you had that too, but we always had those little books, friendship books, where you would fill in your name, your height, your eye color, your interests. And I would always see how other people can write just one eye color, one favorite dish, one favorite country. And for me, I never had enough space to fill in everything I wanted to write in because even my eye color, you know, I have a brown spot and it's blue and green. And then my, and also because they sometimes ask about the family, I'm like, wow, my grandma's from the Philippines. My granddad is from the UK. The other part of the family is from Austria. So I, I kind of think it's part of my path to be more, <laughs> you know, like have more eye colors and more cultural background and more interests. But there was a time I was really struggling with that because I just wanted to be one thing. And I just wanted to have one interest and just have one thing written on my business card. And then I came a point, I sat down and I really reflected on it. I was like, why, why is that? And it made me realize I was scared to be too much for people. You know, it's just scared to be too much, like too bubbly, too spiritual, too holistic, too multifaceted, too, 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 too much. And the key for me to be all of me, which means allowing all my interests to unfold and also to dance with one another was coming to the understanding I can never be too much of who I am. And that's also an advice or an inspiration I can give to others who are creative, but also really like numbers and who are, you know, like there are so many people out there that are just like you, you know, you are also good at many things and you love a lot of things. And sometimes it's not about eliminating things. The question is more, how can I marry all of them so we can bring all we have to one table? And it takes time. It's not easy, but I think it's the only way to be truly and wholly happy because otherwise you're only always working with one arm or one leg, one eye. You want to incorporate everything. And yeah, but the picture from school, you know, I never had enough space to write in, in this friendship books. It's a little bit, it's a picture of my life. Oh, but it's, what you're saying is actually remind me, uh, I've got a, f a friend who lives in San Francisco. He's, 
he's quite well known in certain um and he was around in like in the 60s you know he invented some stuff and then pivoted and was an entrepreneur and all these kind of things his business card now because you know if we live in a world of linkedin and all these things and we have to be able to describe ourselves and his, his, his business card is just his name and says legend <laughs> and that's it i love that i love that everyone's like, i want to meet like, him yeah. I'll, I'll I'll introduce you to Gary. He he really is a legend, and he, mm. and he dresses like a legend. <laughs> but also, you gotta think, you know, who anyway decides that we need to put a label and a tile on what we work? That's I think also one of the reasons when I got to meet someone new, I rarely ever say, "What do you do for work?" Like I always say, mm. "What excites you? Like what are you passionate about? Are you happy in your life?" It's it's more that because everything else is just, you know, like the thing around. Like I wanna Yeah. So that's why I think it's yeah. yeah. It it's one of those things where I do believe society, you know, has evolved and changed so much with technology. And rather there'd be slower progression in society from generation to generation so grandfathers to fathers to sons it's now the progression within a generation is so quick that people are still expecting things to have one job title and that's what you do it's irrelevant but they still have influence over what society whatever however mm. that may form expects and we still feel that as pressure and particularly as we're younger we feel the we feel the expectation and pressures from teachers, from our neighbors, everything. And that shapes us. I, 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 I always come back to thinking of you within Salzburg. And I've met your mum, and who is so open to you can do anything. But mm. my God, she terrifies me too. <laughs> 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 Honestly, your, your mum is a force of nature. <laughs> There is no stopping anything when your mom's involved. And I just find that that environment you grew up in so different from the city that you grew up in. And now, and, and, and this isn't, we've spoken like a little on what's happened. In fact, I spoke to you just uh, last winter when you were in the cabin as well before Christmas, probably when you were having that downtime. And the change I've noticed in you, the person you are, this version of you now, compared to even just a few years ago, is it feels more like you. You're starting to, you know, flourish. That's the way I see it. I, I feel a big sense of freedom, a big sense of freedom. Because before the U.S., before California, I was living in in Germany, and and it was different. Maybe it's also about me. Maybe I didn't have the courage to be all of me. But now, you know, I, I, in one conversation, I'm happy to talk about my spirituality and my business and my travel experience and grief and culture, just like all of it. And also when you met me, I was probably one of the lowest times in my life because it was just, I think a few months after my grandmother passed away and it was my first big grieving experience. 
And as you know yourself, it, it shakes everything. Like it changes everything. So it took me a while to get back on my feet and to regroup myself and to, because I, I think grief is almost like a puzzle. You got to put all the pieces back together, but the puzzle doesn't look the same as it did before their death. So you don't really know how and where and what the pieces look like and where you need to put it. So when I think back, we met 2019 and it's so much has changed in those four years. And, and you have been a friend throughout so many phases and I, I'm really, I'm really grateful. I actually hope everyone has a steward in their life. I really like, I'm not saying this to brag about you, but you know, you were funny, but also you, you know what, when to give me tough love, like, okay, now it's enough, but also, you know, when to really hold space for my emotions and when to help me explore things. And there have been so many questions I've been asking myself about grief and about my identity and about being a coach and about making transitions. And it's just so good when you know you have, besides your own family, also other people that you can talk to about questions who have experienced the answers unfolding in their life, because that gives like a lot of boost and hope. Okay. One day it will get better. You will feel better. You will figure it out. And also it's normal. I am. Um, I always come back to like, so, I mean, retrospectively, you know, as time has passed, people look at the pandemic a couple of years and COVID, but because we were fortunate enough to live close enough and uh, as things first started to lift, uh, restrictions wise that I think that cemented our friendship more. Um, because there had been no, I, I remember bringing something round to your, I, I remember, so this, his little story, you may, you might not even remember this. This is, this is one of the most Sarah stories I can think of. Oh God. I'm so scared pandemic, that. This is for, this is for you. This is for you viewers. This is for you viewers and listeners. However you absorb this, this is for you. So the, it, was the, it was quite early in the, the pandemic and, and you know, we were, you know, our, we were both taking it very seriously, the restrictions. There wasn't much known on how safe things were. But you'd realise that, if I, if I remember, it was a flower shop, a local flower shop was just going to chuck things away. And that wasn't good enough for you. You wanted to do something. So you and your mum went and managed to, with the restrictions in place, collect those flowers. And then you put a campaign out to just uh, raise funds. I can't remember the cause. And then you delivered those flowers to, to people all within the COVID restrictions because you care about your community, you care about your, the empathy within you was realizing what the loneliness some people uh, would be feeling and all of those things so you put into practice even with those restrictions in place a way to help people through that while also guarding and protecting the community as well and i that that to me is one of the most you things going so actually it wasn't an embarrassing story it's a good story (laughs) surprisingly i'm not here to embarrass (laughs) you all the time it's 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 actually such a 
beautiful memory. I remember my mom and I, we were driving in the car, just coming back from the groceries and we passed this actually wholesale flower store and they were about to check out all those beautiful flowers. So we stopped and we said, oh, what are you doing with the flowers? And they said, well, unfortunately, we got to check them out because all our customers, you know, no more need because the events are not happening and everything. And I said, wow, we, ca we can't do that. And then my mom had the idea. Yeah, why don't we team up with with one of the influencers, you know, that has a big audience in Salzburg and also in Austria in general and offer that we do a flower delivery service, keeping the distance and whatever they give whatever they can and all the money will get donated to a charity with kids with cancer. And I said, okay, great. So the boss of the flower place came out and she said, well, if you can pull it off within 24 hours, you know, good for you. I'm on, I'm on board. So I sent her name is Karen. I sent her a message. I said, Hey, would you be interested in like promoting this on your social media? Because we need the audience for people to really know. She's like, yeah. And I said, okay, just put it up and say, people should send me a private message. Oh my God. My inbox exploded. <laughs> it was insane. So for two days, from early in the morning till it was dark, my mom and I delivered flowers and my mom made even bouquets out of the flowers. It was so, so, so beautiful. And some people cried because they haven't seen anyone in a long time and they weren't able to see people from their family. And some people delivered, let people, like they said, could you please deliver flowers to my grandma? Or could you please deliver flowers to my mom? It's her birthday and I can't see her. So it was for me such a beautiful experience that we could contribute a little bit of love. But actually what we got back was much more. And it was, yeah, just in, in summer, I said to my mom, mom, that was such a, like, also crazy idea, you know, like we pass by and it's, it's another thing in life. Sometimes if you move quick, you know, you can only move quick when you do it together. I, I just remember you, <laughs> I went to, I think it was to pick up some flowers or something. And I just having a conversation shouting through your window. <laughs> Um, me on the outside and you, you into in your living room and, and your mum sort of facilitating between us <laughs> but it's it, it's out of interest I, I, I remember so as restrictions started to come down we would spend a bit more time together and we'd sort of walk around the old town of Salzburg and we would talk about those dreams of where we wanted to be um how how have your dreams changed since then? How have my dreams changed? I think at my core, it's still the same. When I was 26, on my 26th birthday, which was five and a half years ago, I wrote in my journal. So I do this like every birthday, like what I want for my new year. And I remember writing in my journal, dear God, please help me that one day when I leave this place, that some people are happier because I was here. So that's really what gives me the biggest joy is when I can contribute love and happiness and joy 
to the lives of others, whether it's humans and pets. The only thing that changed is how I do it. You know, now I have a podcast, I have a brand. So it's more the how that evolves throughout the time, because it's at some point I might be a mother and I'm contributing through, I know, maybe I do a a crafts afternoon with the kids' friends. You know, it's, I think that only the how is evolving, but my why is chain is like staying the same. And it's, I do think the calling in my life is to, yeah, contribute to the happiness of other people, no matter how many or few there are. What about it's, you? Um, how have your <laughs> dreams changed? I don't dream. I'm an insomniac. I'm awake all the time. <laughs> Such a you answer. Yeah, my dreams, my yeah, my dreams are just lucid nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another episode. Example <laughs> <laughs> completely. My dreams. I mean, they're constantly evolving, but but at the core, I, I guess it's always the same. It's interesting because I don't think we've ever talked. Genuinely, we've never talked about this. There's been a basic philosophy in my life where it was, I just want to, when I, and I've thought this way probably since my early 20s, that I just want to leave this when I, whenever I go, I want to have contributed in a positive way. So it's less bad than it was when I was on the planet. That, I, it's, 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 it's funny how when I say it, it sounds like a miserable old Scotsman compared to you in this positive, like, yeah, the world's going to be better because of me. And I'm like, no. I just think it's a little bit less bad than when I was on it. <laughs> but it's the same message. It's the same message, but I think yours sounds actually more message. humble. I yeah. should say that in the future. I want the world to be less bad. <laughs> that, well, I, I'm not swearing. I, I would definitely, I would be swearing normally. But it's, I think it's, it's quite a simple way because it, what that does is it, it enforces that every interaction you have uh, with someone, if you make them feel positive in that interaction, and that doesn't necessarily by being nice, it's about being authentic. If they know that they're important to you in that moment, however that conversation goes, no one can really feel bad. I think the worst thing is feeling unseen, unnoticed. Mm -hmm. And being a nuisance. So I think if you focus things onto those in immediate interactions and keep it small and simple, though ever, bigger dreams can be achieved anyway. But you know, there's nothing. There's I truly believe there's nothing bigger or better than when you make someone feel good. And if, and if you make individual people feel good, how how many people's paths you cross, the world is more positive than. Ideally, they will pay it forward and make someone else feel good. That's a it's a simple principle, I guess, that can impact in a wider scale. You're doing a podcast. I can't. You, you're the only person in the world that would get me on this podcast. Well, technically, it was your mum. She WhatsApped me and said, "Sarah's asked you to do a podcast. You're doing it." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so for me, that is those interactions are personal. It's one to one, small groups. You you are you have more of a confidence and comfortable nature to you that can reach out wider in one go and i've always respected the margin that for that i've and to be honest I'm a, i find that a little bit sickening 
I find it really annoying how good at stuff you appear to be. And I need to know, tell me something new that I don't know about you that you're just terrible at, like embarrassingly bad. And I don't mean technology and lights and all those things. I know that I've lived through fixing it for you. I want to know something I don't know. Like truly what embarrassing thing that you should be good at that you're bad at. There is so much I'm bad at. I actually think there's more that I'm bad at that I'm good at. So for example, but I don't know, maybe you what? know that already, but I have 0.0, .0 sense of direction. When I mean 0, 0.0, it means when I'm driving somewhere, every time it looks like a new place for me. <laughs> Like I, I get, I get lost. I need to use my GPS on my phone all the time. And it's not because I'm daydreaming. It's just because God, when God gave people sense of direction at their birth, I was not present. I really wasn't present. I remember the, when I got my driving license many, many years ago, my mom said, okay, so this is the first time you're now driving on your own. Could you drive to that one place? I said, sure. And we have been to that place around a million times together. And back then, it wasn't that normal to have a GPS on your phone and Apple CarPlay and all sorts of things. So round trip usually would be like 25 minutes. I came back after two hours. <laughs> because I like, really, I have no sense of direction. Like I, no way. And I don't know why, but, and the funny thing is, some people in my family have it so spot on. They remember everything immediately. For example, my mom, but my dad is like me. So when my dad and I travel together, it's the worst. Like it could happen that we end up, I don't know, in Hungary instead of Spain, if we didn't have a GPS. <laughs> I was so bad at that. It's embarrassing actually. Oh my goodness. I, I can only imagine what it's like to be your mum in the car with you and your dad oh, yeah. on a road trip. <laughs> She's like, left. I just told the you, anger. I mean, we've been here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm so bad at it. And then I'm also really bad at playing the piano. So before I... Oh, that doesn't count. No, I mean, that doesn't count. my teacher said if I don't start practicing that was like i don't know 20 years ago practicing more he will stop teaching me i think there's hardly ever any teacher that says this to a 10 year old girl <laughs> so you must know how bad i was or maybe i was bad at practicing i just didn't want to i only practiced when he came every tuesday for 30 minutes we've talked about henry a little bit and bear mind this is meant to be about dogs or animals as well as just your awesomeness and terribleness <laughs> like and, and and you know we know that henry has enjoyed <clears throat> my dogs <laughs> what oh my other God. embarrassing moments have there been with you and henry well actually it's an one thing i can think of it was also with you i don't know if you remember but we walked in the old town and there was this big fountain and we wanted to take a picture. <laughs> we wanted to take a picture with Henry. And there was so much police around as well. 
And he, he just decided to jump into the fountain and not come out again. And I felt so embarrassed because it was like this sightseeing fountain. And then the police looked at me and people looked at me and especially the older people like, Oh my God, what, are, what is she doing? And I was like, Henry, please come out. And the more I said, please come out, the more he enjoyed being in the fountain. <laughs> He was just like, his tail was wagging and you just couldn't stop laughing. Oh my God. It was, yeah, I, it I was, was funny, not, but and embarrassing. Helpful. I remember that. Yeah, you were not helpful at all. The part I love best was when he was doing the back crawl and blowing water out of his mouth. <laughs> oh my God. It was such a, it was such an embarrassing moment because it was just right in front of the Salzburg Festival Halls. <laughs> and so many people dressed up nicely and my dog just jumps in there. Yeah. So, but again, he's a family dog. <laughs> We yeah. all contributed to his personality. Yeah, he definitely has a personality. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has he, has he, has he sort of taught you any lessons beyond swimming? Has he taught you any, and flirting? He obviously taught you how to flirt. Um, <laughs> uh, has he taught you any, any lessons, like more substantial lessons? Mm. Oh, so many. I think Henry was actually the inspiration for in the beginning dog inspiration. He is, I mean, I think everyone says that about their dog, but he's just a bundle of love. And it's amazing how he can feel when someone is not feeling well. And he immediately knows when to come over or when to give people space. It's, it's, it's amazing. And he really, showed me how we don't need to find the right words to make someone feel better. We just need to offer our undivided presence. Because also after my Lola passed away, it was amazing because everyone grieved differently in my family. You know, some people needed more the togetherness and some people more being alone. And Henry really knew who needed what. And yeah. And sometimes he even feels when I'm not feeling well without me knowing it. You know, when you have this busy day running around and it only hits you in the evening, he will come throughout the day and put his head on my lap almost, hey, let's take a breath. You need a little bit of a break. So that's probably one of the biggest lessons and gifts he has given me especially is in order to make someone else feel better and to make them feel seen and heard, it doesn't need words. It just needs your genuine presence. And I'm going to steal a question from your past podcasts as well, where you, <laughs> the, the, hopefully none of the bad the, ones. Is the, this is nice. No, you don't. Do, you don't ask bad questions. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> what What question would you ask Henry? If if you, if you could ask one question and him to answer back at you, what question would that be? Hmm. I would ask him, "Are you happy?" 
And are there things that we can do for you to be happier? Or maybe are there things that we do to make you happy, but they don't make you happy? Yeah, I think it's it's really the happiness oh, that I, I that I would yeah. I would have. These are more questions, but I could make one really long questions out of it, right? <laughs> one really long question. That's you. <laughs> yeah. No comma, no punctuation, no question mark. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would love to to talk to him about happiness. <laughs> and okay, now put yourself in Henry's mind. What would be the one question he would ask you? Why are you so crazy? <laughs> He's like, girl, like I don't know how you do you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he would be asking me, why are you traveling so much? Like, you know, Henry lives, is a family dog, so he's always been living with my parents. But I like to say he's, I'm his favorite between you and me. But then everyone in the family likes to believe that about themselves. <laughs> but I do, like, he loves when I'm around. And, I'm, and I would love for him to be in the US. I mean, that would be my dream. But then obviously my parents wouldn't be happy about that either. But I think he would ask me, what are you doing when you're traveling? Like, why are you away? What is the life? Where? What's the life like when you're somewhere else? I think that's something he would ask me. Yeah. I, 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 are there other dogs? Are, are, you know, are, you, yeah. are you playing with other Did dogs? You... Um, you know, just... Stuart, it's so funny you're saying this. It's because... nothing to see. Yeah. Because I, um, I think I told you I fostered a dog this year. And I felt so bad because as, because I loved him so much. Like I was in love with him immediately. And I thought, wow, am I, am I cheating on Henry? Like I, I had this all like up and down emotional roller coaster saying, wow, what if he finds out? Will he be okay? And why do I feel this big soul connection with this foster dog who's just come to my life? Yeah, I felt really bad about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding, as you I know. Remember. If I go out for whatever reason, and you, you, you know, Mala, she's she's old and grumpy, and you know, she's the boss, mm -hmm. um, and. If I go out, there's, there's a look of, all right, and then she's, you've been with other dogs. <laughs> she just knows. She sniffs yeah, it. She's like, like, that was a beagle. That's a gold. What? You know, I don't like golden retrievers. You've touched the gold, like that. You just see it in eyes, and then she just walks off. How dare you? Yeah, she gives you silent right? treatment. Don't yes, you dare do that again. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, yeah, just stop. Exactly. How dare you? My sworn enemy. And there you are tickling the belly. I can smell the belly in your fingertips. <laughs> and the reason why I'm laughing the, is because I know this is the reality. <laughs> it is. Every, everyone who's got dogs knows what it's like when they come back in. Oh, they yeah. need, I don't think they're happy to see us. I think they're first checking, uh, is there another dog? Mm -hmm. Worse, is it a cat? <laughs> Uh, they're smelling for cats as well. Was it a cat? Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a... it. That's it. For, for the silent treatment. Until you give them a treat, that's them not speaking to you again. Oh, yeah. Henry is the same. 
Yeah. I've got one more question to ask you that's, let's end it nice and light. Ooh, um, that's good. <laughs> if you had if you had superpowers, what would it be, and what what would be the superhero name? So, I would probably be Drama Queen. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be realistic. <laughs> well, let's see if you agree. I, I, I would change that to straight up. Forget Drama Queen. Drama Queen's too. No, no, no. You're more diva. Diva. <laughs> <laughs> either way but maybe let me let me just quickly explain i think i i am i'm a big lover of emotions so i feel emotions very intensively like you know like i can have i can feel like someone's sadness and like also happiness and joy and grief and everything so that's what i say is like i can feel it heightened and but also i think what my superpower is i can find the goodness in the drama and when i mean drama like real drama i can find the light mm -hmm. in the darkness yeah. and i would say that's one of my superpowers that i really believe that life is my friend was that a good answer like or not that's, that's, that suits you <laughs> yeah but I we like can that. also go that, for that, diva. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. I passed yeah, the diva test. Diva just sounds it's, it's it's a better brand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's shorter. It's Purple catchier. By diva. By diva. We'll probably change that for next year. Sponsored by Stuart. <laughs> so oh, funny. That's a terrible name. Ah, uh, Stuart, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I had a blast. We should uh, like it was great catching up like this. Good. I hope you too. At, at least we had a blast. Me. I'm not sure about your listeners have had a blast. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we get like hater messages. Why did you do that? You two are yeah. so boring. Yeah. You're gonna just, it's gonna be like unsubscribe, unsubscribe, yes. unsubscribe. I, I, I apologize in advance. I just ruined <laughs> purple stars. <laughs> Oh my god. If if our brand survives this episode, we're good to go for this. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're, yeah. Oh double act at uh, Christmas every year. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. No, I really mean it. Thank you so much. It's it was also great for me to reflect on certain things when I am not the host but the person that gets interviewed. I really enjoyed it. And also you're always so funny. So that it makes everything much, much nicer. Yeah, and it's been a pleasure. I, I, I'm just any any excuse to be able to catch up with you and talk properly, even with video. Well, it's, it's, when I say video, you're just one big blur. I, I, <laughs> I honestly think I've I've I, I, I'm looking at you and I'm like, have I put my contact lenses in or not? It's just so blocky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we wrap it up before. <laughs> Yeah, let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. It's a wrap for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you had as much fun as we did. We wish you a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and we'll be back early in January. So we're taking a little Christmas break just to recharge our batteries. But then we're back with a lot of great new 
guests and a lot of new episodes. So please stay tuned.